Welcome, ladies, to the online Bible study. We have reached the final chapter of 1 Peter. Here in the first four verses of chapter 5, Peter is exhorting the church leaders to shepherd their flocks. Now, sometimes we have a tendency to skip over these type of passages because it really doesn't seem like it applies to us. So the challenge is, is to see how we can apply these verses to our lives. So let's begin. Open your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 5 and let's look at verse 1. It says, The elders who are among you I exhort. I am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Notice how Peter starts off exhorting the elders. Remember, at the time Peter was writing this, the Christians were going through severe suffering and persecutions. Ladies, it is so important to have good leaders. Peter was exhorting these leaders to serve faithfully, to not run away from adversity, that their flock really needed them. Notice how Peter starts out where he shows them that he knows where they are coming from. He was also a fellow elder. Now, he doesn't show authority over them. He could have by saying, I am apostle of Jesus Christ. But no, instead, he simply identifies with them and shows them that he is also an elder. He then says that he was a witness of the sufferings of Jesus Christ. Peter was in a very unique situation here because he was a witness of the sufferings of Christ. He walked with Christ and he saw the ridicule, the mockery, and the cursings of Christ. He saw the unbelief and the rejection of Christ and he saw the sufferings in the Garden of Gethsemane, the beatings and the abuse that Christ suffered. Peter knew that the sufferings of Christ were real. He then went on to say that he also was a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Now in the past, Peter did see that glory. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 18, Peter identifies this as taking place on the Mount of Transfiguration, which is also talked about in Matthew 17, 1-5. But he also indicated the glory that will be revealed. Peter was a partaker of the glory that we are to share. In the transfiguration of Christ, he actually witnessed and tasted a little of the glory that is to be revealed and brought to us when Christ returns. He knew that heaven and the glory of life eternal are real. In other words, ladies, Peter wrote these words inspired by the Spirit of God out of his own personal experiences with Jesus Christ. Now, we have established Peter's authority to exhort to these elders. As a fellow elder, one who has witnessed Christ's sufferings and was a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. So now let's look at how Peter exhorted them. Let's read verses 2 and 3. 
It says, Shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Now in the King James Version, it says, Feed the flock of God. The word feed here means to tend as a shepherd. Now shepherding suggests provision and protection, right? Supervision and discipline, instruction and direction. So here you have Peter describing elders as shepherds who are to tend their flock. And when you think of flock, what do you think of? You think of sheep. Now, Philip Keller was a shepherd, and he wrote a wonderful book called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. It's a classic today. I actually have it in audio form on my iPod, and I listen to it. He wrote that sheep do not just take care of themselves, as some might suppose. They require more than any other class of livestock, endless attention and meticulous care. It is no accident that God has chosen to call us sheep. The behavior of sheep and human beings are similar in many ways. Another interesting fact that he brought up was that it is almost impossible for sheep to lie down unless four requirements are met. He said they must be free of all fear free from friction with other sheep, free of pests, and free of hunger. Now, only the shepherd can provide release from these anxieties. It is he who makes it possible for the sheep to lie down, to rest, to relax and flourish. A flock that is restless and discontented never does well. The same is true of people. In the Christian's life, there is no substitute for the awesome awareness that the shepherd is nearby. There is nothing like Christ's presence to dispel the fear, the panic, and the terror of the unknown, is there? The idea of a sound mind is that a mind at ease, at peace not perturbed or harassed or obsessed with fear. Now, with sheep, they tend to flock together, don't they? And God's people need to be together. Sheep are notoriously ignorant and prone to wander away if they do not follow the shepherd. Sheep are defenseless, for the most part, and need their shepherd to protect them. Now, Warren Wearsby also brought out some things about sheep that are very useful animals. The Jewish shepherds tended their sheep not for the meat, but for the wool, the milk, and the lambs. God's people should also be useful to him and certainly ought to reproduce themselves by bringing others to Christ. Sheep were used also for sacrifices and we ought to be living sacrifices, doing the will of God. So Peter reminded the shepherd or elders 
of their God-given responsibilities. In order for a pastor to shepherd the flock, he needs to be personally walking with God and growing in his spiritual walk. Paul admonished young Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 15 it says, "Be diligent in these matters, give yourself wholly to them, so that everyone may see your progress." Now the word progress here means a pioneer advance. The elders must constantly be moving into new territories of study, achievement, and ministry. If the leaders of the church are not moving forward, the church will not move forward either. If a pastor is growing spiritually, it will affect the flock around him. We grow by being in the Word of God, right? Now, I thought with this lesson, it would be really great to hear from our pastor and things that he has to say. So please, listen. All through the years, I've made it my number one priority as a pastor, according to the Word of God, that my number one responsibility is to simply preach the Word of God. Now, then if you think about this responsibility, because I really believe that that responsibility in our text is summed up in chapter 4, verse 2 of 2 Timothy. Preach the Word. That word preach simply means to proclaim. Now, doesn't mean that only preachers can do it. Okay? Uh, whether you're preaching the Word of God in a, on a one night as you sit down with a kid and expound the Scripture and make them understand, whether it's a Sunday school class, whether you have an opportunity uptown to explain John 3.16, it's our responsibility to proclaim that Word. It says, preach the Word. Be ready in season, out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Ladies, we too need to be moving forward in our Christian walk. As we grow, it will affect those around us. We need to cultivate a growing relationship with Jesus Christ also and share what we have learned with those around us. A faithful shepherd leads his sheep to green pastures so that they have nourishment, right? So how important is it for pastors to lead their people into green pastures of the Word of God so that they might feed themselves and grow? When you think about the condition of the churches today, you can see that we don't have pastors leading God's people to the Word, do we? From the Barna Research Group, they took a survey, and in the survey it shows half of Americans believe the Christian faith no longer has a lock on people's heart. Overall, 50% of the adults interviewed agreed that Christianity is no longer the faith that Americans automatically accept as their personal faith, while just 44% disagreed and 6% were not sure. Please listen. Two, Pastor Witted. It's interesting in that one poll that close to 60% of evangelical Christians don't even believe that this Bible is absolute truth anymore. Well, they'll not endure sometimes. They won't remain under it. They don't want it anymore. But according to their own desires, listen, people want to hear what pleases them. And it's interesting because you can find a thousand one church, you can go anywhere you want and find a place that, if, that makes you as comfortable as you want to be and never challenge you to change, and you can just sit there and say, this is my kind of church because that's me. 
I don't know about you, but every time I study this word every week, the Holy Spirit does a little slapping up of me. <laughs> Let's me know in those areas that I'm not quite right, and He deals with my heart. And that's the value of the word. How sad. When you look at a condition of the churches today, we don't have very many pastors who are willing to stand up and preach the word of God these days. Therefore, the flock suffers. The word of God is the living word of God, ladies, and it will sustain us. When we take the word of God out of the churches, we end up spiritually dead. So you can see how important it is to have good leadership. Also from Pastor's Notes, he said, People today are starving for God's word, and they do not even know it. People today are being offered a lot of substitutes for the word that do not help. Our churches must get back to the central emphasis of the word of God. Please listen to Pastor Ken Whitted again. Listen, people, if we're convinced that this word, back in chapter 3, is God-breathed, it's inspired, it's God's very word, it's the bread of life that man needs, it's a living water that will quench their thirst, it's the standard that you and I can go to that causes us to grow in the likeness of Jesus Christ. If we're convinced in all of those things, then we need to be faithful. We fail to realize sometimes in our churches, as I look across the churches I read in America, that the Word of God is central. Martin Luther says the highest worship of God is the preaching of the Word of God. Ladies, we need to make sure that we are not starving for the Word of God. We have no excuse. We have the very living Word of God in our hands. Don't let it collect dust. Peter goes on to say, serving as an overseer in verse 2. Christ is the head of the church, right? He is our shepherd. So the flock that the pastor leads or oversees is not his flock. It belongs to God. Now a pastor does not just preach the word of God once a week. God has set him in a position to lead, to nurture and protect God's people, and he will be held accountable with what God has entrusted to him. You picture a shepherd who watches and knows each one of his sheep, and when one strays away, you see that shepherd going after him to bring him back to the flock. If one needs discipline, he has to discipline it, and if it has a special need, well, that shepherd might even need to carry it to safety. But we do not get off the hook, ladies. This may be talking about pastors, but we will also give an account for the lives that we lead and that what God has entrusted for us, right? The scripture goes on to say in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 2 and 3, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Now, Peter pointed out some of the sins that elders must avoid, right? 
Ladies, we need to heed these warnings also. These are things that we need to look at too. An elder is to serve willingly. He serves because he wants to, not because he has to, not because it is a job. Now, just like when I told you before of my testimony, that when I accepted Jesus Christ into my life, I no longer had to go to church, but I wanted to go. There was a heart change, an attitude change. Like being grateful that you have a job and having that attitude that you get to go to work rather than the drudgery that you have to go. It's an attitude change. A shepherd, he works hard because he loves the sheep and he has a heart devoted to them. Ladies, we need to have a heart like Christ. We need to see others as Christ does and bring glory to his name. People are willing to follow a leader who practices what he preaches, aren't they? And gives a good example to imitate. Please listen to Pastor Ken Whitted again. Every one of us has the ability to impact somebody and the devotion to be committed to make an impact in a life. Everybody is able to disciple somebody. Because we're either setting an example of somebody, whether it's good or bad, someone's watching, are they not? And that's the exciting thing about the Christian. You don't have to be a great theologian. You don't have to be a pastor. You just simply live out what Jesus has done. Your testimony is simply saying, here's what Jesus has done for me. Ladies, we can all have an impact on somebody's life, right? We just have to be faithfully walking with the Lord, our shepherd. You cannot lead people where you haven't been yourself. That is why it is so important to be in God's Word daily living our lives for the glory of God, being an example to those around us. Please listen to Pastor Ken Whitted on this subject. And as I thought about this before the community, you and I need to realize that we must not only propagate the truth, but we must live the truth, right? We must be biblical on how we relate to one another. We must uh, walk in a consistent... We must what? Walk the talk, right? We've got to be consistent. We are to walk the talk, living godly lives, giving honor and glory to God. How many times have we talked about that in our classes? We must walk the talk. Verses 2 and 3 goes on to say that the shepherd must serve the Lord with a willing heart because he loves Christ and the flock and not simply because he has a job to do. He must never serve for dishonest gain whether it is from money, prestige, power, or promotion. In this God-given promotion of responsibility, they are warned to refrain from executing their duties in a dogmatic, dictatorial style. Now, ladies, we need to make sure that our attitude is also right. Serving the Lord out of love and not out of a pretense, but out of a sincere love. When you are in a ministry, give it 100%. Don't do half a job. People are counting on you. Give honor and glory to God in every moment of your life. We need to keep our minds preoccupied with heavenly things, things that are going to count for eternity, witnessing by example, walking the talk.
Ladies, we also need to make sure that we are leading by example, that we're not pushing our way, not showing God's love in our life. And lastly, let's look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. It says, And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Notice how Peter describes Christ as the chief shepherd. In John chapter 10, verse 11, Christ is described as the good shepherd who gives his life for the sheep. And then in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 to 21, he is described as the great shepherd who lives for the sheep. And then we see here in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4, that Christ is described as the chief shepherd who comes for his sheep. Faithful elders will receive a crown of glory for the chief shepherd at his second coming. Now there's other passages that describe a crown to be received as a reward for suffering and endurance. Paul spoke of receiving the crown of righteousness in 2 Timothy 4.8. And then James wrote of believers receiving the crown of life in James 1.12 as did John in Revelation 2.10. But ladies, in the end, the one great reward that we could receive is to hear our shepherd say to us, Good and faithful servant. Please listen to one last challenge from Pastor Whitted. Let me challenge you with this last verse. 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent. There's our word, be alert, be diligent, be at it. Be diligent to present yourselves, approved to God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's our purpose, people. Rightly divide means to cut it straight. Understand it, teach it squarely, never compromise it, believe it, give it out. You know, and I'm excited every time I have a church that's committed to the Word of God because, listen, we're only limited by our lack of faith. There's absolutely nothing that the Word of God cannot accomplish if we just keep simply giving it and, and living it and giving it to the community, giving it to the lost, giving it to our members, and seeing how the Word of God shapes and molds and directs and saves and sanctifies and accomplishes His purpose. There is absolutely nothing that the Word of God cannot accomplish if we just simply give it, live it, and see how the Word of God accomplishes its purpose. Ladies, we just need to be faithful to serve a living God. Next week we are going to complete the book of 1 Peter as we look at chapter 5 verses 5 through 14. I look forward to doing this study with you. Until then, God bless.